That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, hail the festival day there, Aaron, in the middle of Holy Week, in the middle of quarantine. How are you doing, my brother? Man, I'm doing okay. Uh, Like every church out there in the world, uh, it's a new reality, and I know our listeners are feeling that, whether you're a preacher or a a layperson. Churches and individuals are feeling the financial pinch of where we are, so that's something that's there. But, you know, I am uh, uh, grateful uh, for the fact that this is sort of focusing everybody's vision about what really matters and what's important in terms of uh, the people in your life, the God who loves you and has redeemed you and, um, and all that. And I think, uh, I keep thinking about what St. Paul says that we're, you know, we're crushed, but not destroyed. Mm. Um, you know, Absolutely. That, you know, we, we die every day. Uh, that's, that was Paul's normal life. And that's been the normal life for a lot of Christians throughout the years. You know, we had a little reprieve for that for a while. We were able to forget that. Um, but but we're being reminded and we're, and good Lord, am I grateful for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. I am. It's really eerie here in Manhattan um, because <clears throat> all of the flowers are in bloom and the leaves are yeah. starting to come back. And, um, but nobody's outside. It is yeah. Super creepy, and uh, and it's just that uh, reminder from the burial of the dead service. You know, in the midst of life, in the midst of death, we are in the midst of life. We are uh, in death, and from whom yep. shall we seek our uh, succor? And um, and I mean that in the ancient English term. So uh, S U C C O R, meaning yeah. help that would come quickly. <laughs> you went to Harvard. So anyway, but. Uh, um, uh. The, um, I'm trying to lighten it up a little bit. But unlike it, Zuckerberg and Gates, I graduated. <laughs> and so anyway, but it's just, it's this eerie time. And, um, and uh, today's Easter service is going to feel on a profound level like the very, very first Easter service. I don't know about you, Aaron, but uh, I found it, it's very bizarre to preach to an empty church. And so even online, I've t- Maybe talk a little bit about your experience with that and how you're feeling about that. Well, I think I want preachers out there to feel uh, like they're normal for feeling weird preaching to an empty space. Uh, it's definitely something that takes getting used to. Uh, when I do uh, just, a, I've recorded some little video messages for the congregation in the past just to promote big services or special events. And usually the first five, I feel like a complete idiot and are really clunky. And then, and I do a few shots and I feel better. And then I do a good job. No, I don't do any shots, but um, I relax into it. So I think, you know, um, to the extent that 
this is this is maybe one of those times, preachers, where you might want to practice a little bit. You know, if you've gotten used to just getting up there and preaching and you don't have to practice as much or rehearse like when you were in seminary and super nervous, this may be a time where you're good to go up there and like loosen up a little bit. Um, but do whatever it takes. I, you know, on when I'm talking on my phone, sometimes I'll take a little sticky note and I put it up by the camera because usually my tendency is to want to look at the... Um, Look at the image of myself. We're all so enraptured of ourselves. We love seeing it. So if you have a setup where you can see yourself, make sure you use a sticky note or tape an arrow to your phone or your computer or whatever so you can see where you should be looking. You should be looking at the camera, not at your pretty face. Um, uh, you know, but put put your favorite stuffed animal in the pews. Uh, bring a family member if you if you you know, because most places shelter in place means you you can be with your family. You don't have to practice social distancing with them. If you're doing it at home, you can have a family member present. If they if they really love you, they'll sit and listen to you preach at them. Um, but, you know, I, there's no perfect way to do it. I, one of the things, though, that I think the church has to be careful of is thinking that our production value needs to be so perfect. I mean, Easter, the death of Jesus was messy, and the resurrection was messy in some ways as well. And so I think we can trust the word of the gospel faithfully preached to come through, even if it uh, feels a little awkward preaching in an empty house. And I do want to say, that, and we say this every year, um, remember to keep your sermons on Easter, whether there's zero people in your church because you're um, isolated like that or... You know, um, you're preaching to um, a lot of people on a live stream. Keep your sermon short on this Sunday, because this is the Sunday where um, uh, people will tune in looking for a word of comfort. I'm reminded of that great old story of um, <clears throat> this uh, little pastor out on the out on the range, probably out near Waco, Texas. And so uh, he had a little church there that nobody went to. And one day, this old cowboy came into his church. And uh, the pastor got really excited and was like, well, do you want to hear the sermon? And the cowboy said, well, even if I only had one sheep, I'd still uh, feed it. And he was like, <laughs> awesome. And so then uh, the, the, the preacher got really excited and so preached the whole, the whole sermon. You know, he had exegeted four or five words in the Greek and everything. And afterwards, he, see, it can't be perfect. My mic just fell. But anyway, so he said, um, he said, uh, he said after he finished preaching the sermon, he said to the cowboy, he goes, so what'd you think? And the cowboy looked at him and said, well, just because I have one calf doesn't mean I'd give him the whole bag of feed. So anyway, um, <laughs> the point the point being, uh, you don't have to give everybody the whole bag of feed today. And so what we're going to do is we're going to walk today through Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. Um Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4 and then Matthew's account of the resurrection Matthew chapter 28 verses 1 through 10 and give you a few nuggets uh, for you to preach uh, on this Easter Sunday so taking it back to um, Acts chapter 10 uh, Aaron what are your thoughts on that what's the big nugget that sticks out to you the big old chicken nugget that sticks out to me is that the message of the gospel comes to people who thought they didn't really deserve to hear it and who the religious establishment thought they didn't deserve to hear it. So this is Peter, St. Peter giving a speech to Cornelius and his whole household, like all his friends and relations, in a city called Caesarea Philippi, uh, which was a Roman city built on the coast there with a beautiful man-made harbor and a great uh, beach house with a swimming pool for the for Herod. Um, and uh, 
Cornelius was a Roman. Uh, he was a successful Roman because he was a centurion. He'd risen up the ranks of the Roman army, which again, think about stormtroopers, think about the Death Star. These are not, the Romans were not necessarily nice people, and um, they certainly were the oppressors of the time. And yet we learn that Cornelius was this um, guy who was interested in spiritual things. He was a God-fearing man in the way that he could be. He was probably hedging his bets, worshiping or being interested in the God of the Jews while also giving homage to Caesar and the other pantheon of Roman deities. We don't really know, but we do know that he received uh, a vision that he was supposed to call Peter to come visit him. And Peter comes and shows up and says, uh, let me tell you about the gospel. I mean, Cornelius has been prepped by the Holy Spirit to hear this message. And Peter tells him the story of Jesus. And this is why Jake and I thought that this was the reading, if we're going to talk about one, Jeremiah is an option, but this is just so much more direct because Peter tells Cornelius exactly what the message is that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. First it came to the Jewish people, but then has gone now to everybody. And um, it's it's for the whole world and that God raised him from the dead. That's and right. we know that. And now we are commanded to preach and testify to all people um, that this is the one for everybody. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Amen. And you got to hit that forgiveness of sins. Yeah, you right. got to hit the eternal life the defeat of death, and the forgiveness of sins. All the enemies that your people face have all been defeated in Easter, and that's the message. That's right, and uh, all of the prophets testify to this as well. That's, you know, um, this the gospel is not love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. That is the law. This is the gospel. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear. And we who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead, and he's commanded us to preach to people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God to judge the living and the dead. And he's taken the judgment for you and has pronounced you forgiven. That's the gospel, man. Give it to them on this Easter Sunday. Um, whatever they're whatever they're facing this day, their sins have been forgiven because of Jesus. And I think, you know, we're going to see, I, I'm going to make a prediction here, that we're going to see a huge increase in we're going to break the internet on easter sunday because all these churches will be live streaming and there's gonna be a lot of people watching you're gonna get people we've already seen it happening people who have fallen away from our parish have now started tuning into our live streams the reason is people are hungry for a word of comfort and grace and a word something something that feels normal in a crazy world and this passage which is about the gospel coming to cornelius someone who had who would not have felt like he was part of the club the the he wasn't on the team of people who were the chosen people. And yet God goes to extra special lengths to call Peter. And you don't have time to get into it, but he had to send a vision to Peter while he was in a trance that involved animals. It was a major production on God's part. Um, and he had to do that to get St. Peter, not just a low-level disciple, but get St. Peter. God calls in the VIP to get the message to Cornelius. And so if you think, if you have people listening that don't know if Jesus is for them, just know that this shows that God is saying that Jesus is for you, and especially if you feel like you're on the outside. So having fully put to bed Acts 10, if you wanted to preach that, now we move on to a beautiful short uh, four-verse passage from Colossians, St. Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. Um, Man, Jake, this verse almost just preaches itself. If you've it been really raised does. Christ, set your seek the things above where Christ is. Christ. That's right. Who is don't your look, life? Don't don't look at yourself right now. That's what Saint Paul is saying. 
Um, do not uh, determine God's favor and God's goodness towards you by your current circumstances. That is to seek your mind on things that are below. Um, but rather, brothers and sisters, because of the resurrection of Jesus, you've also been raised with Christ. And so to set our things on that which is above, on God's goodness, on his mercy, on the fact that he's remembered you and that he's forgiven you and that he will never leave you or forsake you. Um, and that's true because our lives in this age are hidden. We're hidden. You know what I mean? But soon it's going to be revealed uh, when we raise from the dead. But in the meantime, we keep our, we keep our uh, eye on the prize, as they say. We keep our ear to the rail and we hear the good news of the gospel, uh, which lifts us up outside of ourselves to focus on Christ and him crucified all for you. Amen. Uh, yeah, I mean, never have we needed to hear the word that our life is not about the things around us, but is hidden with Christ and God. Um, so in the deserted streets of New York and the anxious streets of Waco, Texas, um, this isn't the... This isn't the, the real place. Or we're, we're hidden with Christ in God. All right, so moving on to Matthew 28. Um, the first day of the week is dawning. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, the less important Mary. Uh, just, no, also just, very just the other also, one. Yeah, the other Mary. Went to see the tomb. And uh, there's an earthquake. There's an angel. The stone is rolled back. And... Um, uh, the, the guards pass out. Um, they go into a coma because they're so scared and terrified. And, um, and they say he's been raised from the dead. And then suddenly, thankfully, Jesus appears to them, gives greetings, and they, they fall down and worship him. And he says, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers uh, to go to Galilee where they'll see me. So this is a rather shorter resurrection account. Um, Jake, what would you highlight in this yeah. text? Well, I would uh, highlight the fact that um, uh, this Easter Sunday, um, the first Easter Sunday is going to look a lot like you the Easter Sunday in your church. Uh, no one is there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's a little low key, um, a lot low key, and it's a little depressing, you know, because, um, uh, well, this guy that we thought was so amazing, um, we we killed him. And, uh, you know, and you're all those lilies and cool bells and, you know, the um, the brass. Well, that probably isn't happening this Sunday. And so um, this is going to be a very low-key Sunday. And so, but, and, but here is the thing. They go there and they think that they've reached the end. And indeed, they have reached the end of all that they thought they knew. Um, but the word of the angel to them in that moment at the very end is, do not be afraid. And kind of like what you talked about last week, you know, we we're so afraid of death because on a profound level, we think that uh, judgment is on the other side of it. We don't know what's going on. And so that is in itself a judgment. Uh, mm. But the word at the very end of yourself uh, is do not be afraid. That's the word from God to you. Um, mm. The other thing is, is that um, he's told them to meet them back in Galilee. And uh, this is where Jesus's ministry began with them. Jesus is always, when we reach the end, taking us back to his beginnings, where we see his entire life. We see his entire death and his entire resurrection once again, all for you. Because we forget it. I mean, I'm like the person that Paul is preaching to in Colossae. I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at my surrounding circumstances and, uh, you know, and trying to put those pieces together. 
But uh, uh, when I can hear a word outside of myself, and that word of us outside of myself comes from God, and it says, do not be afraid. Well, gosh, um, that changes everything. Yeah. And one other word here. Uh, twice the text has Jesus telling the, first the women and, the, to them, uh, and, and then the message we're supposed to give the disciples that, he is, that Jesus is going to Galilee. Now, this is all taking place in Jerusalem just after the crucifixion. And I think the thought would be like, let's stay in Jerusalem. And, wait, and now that Jesus has risen from the dead, especially so that we can now again go back to the original vision of taking human power now with the resurrection. God and we can rule from Jerusalem, but Jesus wants to get out of Dodge. He wants to get back to Galilee, a place of nobody and nothing. Galilee of the Gentiles, way up there in northern Israel, not a center of power, not a center of wealth. Um, Jesus wants to go there again um, to uh, communicate to the, to the disciples I think uh, that this message is one that's not supposed to stay in centers of power, but is one to get out into the rest of the world um, and to all the people. It's a universal message that needs to um, go out to all. And Jesus is beginning that even now. I mean, if you rose from the dead, it's so interesting. You might stick around and wait to do a little show, but he's like, no, I'm already going ahead of you to Galilee. And if the disciples want to see me, they got to go to Galilee too, go back to where it all started, but also in a real sense to get back to the places of the world uh, where everybody needs this message as opposed to taking human levers of power in Jerusalem and taking it out there to the people. So make this a universal message, I would say. Some people want to make this about the fact that women were the first preachers of the gospel, which is hugely important. I don't want to undermine that at all. But Easter needs to be a universal message of the defeat of death and the, and the triumph of the resurrection and the defeat of sin and the devil for all people. Um, and so just make sure it's a universal message about that. Um, when you preach this. And uh, I'll tell you what will happen if you do that. Uh, like those ladies, your congregation who watches you will um, end that program with great joy. And uh, they're going to tell others about it as well. It will naturally happen. Um, and so, because you've given them the good news of the gospel, which says that God's for them and that in the midst of this, they have nothing to fear. So, um, well, that is, uh, that's basically the episode today, short and sweet, um, not giving you the whole feed, but just enough to give your congregation a delicious meal. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Death is defeated. Sin has been trampled down. The devil got his teeth kicked in, uh, and Jesus rose from the dead. Hail the festival day. Hallelujah. God bless you in your preaching, everybody. Peace to you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Same Old Song, and we hope you found some nuggets that will be helpful either in your preaching or just in your life. If you liked what you heard, we would love it if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. Dave's all will be sad if you don't. We'd like to thank the Narrativo Group for audio production. Keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll. <laughs>